morning and good evening. We are thankful that you have chose to tune back into the Back to Bethel podcast. Once again, we do apologize uh, for a week off last week, but uh, Dad was in revival. The camp meeting at Upward Bible Baptist Church and the camp meeting went well. Uh, if Dad wants to talk about it, he can, but we are glad that you have tuned back in. I'm here, your co-host, Luke Waldrop. Youth pastor here at Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. I'm joined by our host, Dr. Darren Waldrop, the senior pastor here at Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. And we have a special guest today, one of Bethel's own, Remington Austin, pastor at the Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. All right, I'm going to kick it over to Dad. Dad, you pray for us. Get us started. Thank you, son. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you for this day that you've given unto us. Lord, we ask your blessing upon our time together. I pray, God, that you might lead us and guide us in discussion today, Father. And, Father, I pray the Holy Ghost would just move in upon top of us, Lord. God, I pray you'd forgive us, Lord, of where we failed you. Father, I'll just be honest and ask you, God, that you'd cleanse us of sin. You might empty us of self and fill us with your spirit because I know you're not going to fill a dirty vessel. So, God, I pray you'd do the purging, you'd do the cleansing by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'd help us today, Father, that our minds and our hearts and our souls would be desiring the things of God and centered and focused upon the things of God. God. Father, would you touch us and help us, God, send a mighty revival to our area, O God, for this we pray in Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. Amen. I thank you today for tuning in to the... uh, Back to Bethel podcast. It is a joy to have you with us today. Amen. The listener, I am sorry Luke had mentioned earlier about us taking a week off. Uh, very busy there with the camp meeting that was going on. I literally, I would wake up in the night. God woke me up three or four nights. I preached five, three or four nights in the middle of the night for a couple of hours. And I'd get up and I'd study and pray and write a few notes down and go back to bed. And then get back up around 5.36, 7 o'clock in the morning and take the the dog outside to do whatever she needed to do, and then I'd get going on it again. And, and I'd re- literally studied all day. A few times I'd just take a break to walk outside with the dog or just to get back in just to try to take a break and uh, just try to put my heart and all my energy uh, that I have into camp meeting wherever I am. That's just kind of, the way I, it's kind of the way I roll. So I wasn't able to record last week. Luke was very sad about that. <laughs> he was really pressing and pushing that we get somebody. But uh, I'd already lined up Brother Remington, Austin, Brother Remington is a young man that uh, that I love very, very dearly. I'll probably break down and cry a couple of days today. It's already been a joy just to sit here in the sanctuary with him for about 15 or 20 minutes before we get started, just to talk about the things of God and to get the fellowship together just a little bit. It's been a joy, and and so uh, we're going to turn it over to him. I'm going to I'm going to say, Brother Remington, Austin, it is good to have you today, son. Welcome to the podcast. Amen. Well, it's good to be here. Glad to. Be back home for just a little while. It may be just an hour or however long the Lord leads. I'm in no hurry. Amen. I'm on the Lord's time. Amen. So it's good to hear all the good things that the Lord's doing here. And as we joked around, you know, just trying to get used to the podcast deal and talking into a mic and to uh, viewers that have listening to podcasts for a long time, it's very neat to finally be on one. And so I sure do thank the Lord. I'm very thankful to see what the Lord's going to do today. I'm Amen. excited. Amen. Well, I can feel Feel the hair standing up on my neck, just Amen. the Lord just stepping in on the place. And so Amen. Uh, we're very grateful to be here. Amen. Son, I love you. 
very dearly. I love you, preacher. And the Lord moved him away from me about a year ago to go to the Pleasant Valley Baptist Church, Pleasant Hill Baptist Church, sorry, Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. And uh, sometimes I do that, Pleasant Valley, Pleasant Hill. There's so many different ones, and I get them mixed up. So for all you Pleasant Hill folks, I'm sorry. This is Pleasant Hill in the Newland area. There's a couple of different Pleasant Hills that we know about as well. And uh, Brother uh, Remington felt led of the Lord to, to go there and to uh, become the pastor there at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. And I'm telling you, um, that was a good church already. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord has used Brother Remington at that church to oh, be a real difference maker. And I appreciate how God sent you there. And uh, we miss you here, son. Amen. We miss you. We miss you terribly here. It's just a joy to be back in your presence again today. And just immediately, we just, it's amazing how we just connect mm-hmm. just like that, yes, just sir. like that. And so, right. uh, Brother Remington, I'll let you talk a little bit um, about uh, when you were younger, maybe some uh, life experiences, maybe talk about your salvation. I'd, I'm, I'm not really here for people to hear me. I want them to hear you, what God's <laughs> doing in your life. And so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to the, what God did at, has done at Pleasant Hill, moving you there to the Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. And uh, I want to talk early, early life about some of the things that's happened in your life, maybe if you're willing to share whatever the Lord leads you to share, and uh, talk about your, your salvation and um, uh, call to preach, your family, just however the Lord leads you today. But... Um, I begin to think about, as I sit down here today, I have a verse of Scripture says, <laughs> I got it on my heart today. Heavy. Give it, Lord. Hebrews chapter 4 uh, talks about the Word of God is quick. Mm-hmm. That, that means it's, it's alive. That's Amen. It. Amen. It has life in it. Amen. It is, for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Amen. piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul mm-hmm. and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the faults and the intents of the heart. And so I love the Word of God. I love mm-hmm. my Bible. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I hope there's some people out there right now saying, Pastor Darren, I love my Bible too. Praise God. And I, and I love the Word of God. And But this is the verse that God has got me. It's been on my heart all day as I've prayed about talking to Brother Remington today. Sure. Verse 16. Praise Let God. us therefore come boldly yeah. under the throne of Amen. grace. <laughs> that we may obtain mercy, mercy, Ooh, mercy, 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 and find grace to help in the time of need. And I feel like yeah. that today as we talk, mm. there's a coming before the throne today that oh, we're coming God. together to find grace to help in the time of need. Mm. So would you talk to us a little bit about how, <clears throat> how grace found you, amen? <laughs> hey, praise the Lord. Well, I'm fixing to shout. Amen. Oh, praise God. I, <clears throat> I firmly believe, as those listening and maybe you're watching, uh, exactly what he's read in, in Hebrews. I mean, that's a, that's a true testament that God's given me, especially where it says there, let us come boldly into the throne of grace when we could finally understand that you ain't going to be afraid of the Lord. That's right. Lord God, you can come to him and talk to him as if he's standing there. Amen. And I've really come to understand that in the last year or so, a little over, uh, while I've been pastoring, it's amazing what you learn, uh, but we'll get into that later. So start off, uh, we could go back as as my roots, so to speak, that are firmly uh, dug in here at Bethel. It's It's been a joy for some well, 30 years now that I've been here, well, 29, uh, counting the one year that I've been at Pleasant Hill, but we better not get off on that uh, just yet. Uh, but I've been here for 29 years at Bethel. It started off, I was here just like every other listener, I'm sure, 
Uh, I've come to this church nine months before I graced this uh, world. Amen. And so my grandfather uh, was here and founded the church, as you've heard through uh, Brother Bobby's podcast and all the great history uh, that there is there. Now, I can remember uh, back in my childhood days, I can remember, uh, first of all, you know, a lot of people know that my mother died uh, when I was four-year-old, five-year-old, and my brother was one. Uh, we lost our mother uh, to a car accident. It was actually a church trip. We went to Hickory Dickory Dock, and I can remember that day. And as we've come back up the mountain, I was asleep in the passenger seat and had a truck cross the yellow line, uh, hit the driver's side uh, of the car, and the Lord took my mother. And praise the Lord, because the Lord knows what he's doing, and I thank God for it. And so God's grace has really been on my life. Uh, through the whole thing, even when I was lost, I can remember waking up, looking at my mother. I could paint you a picture that give you nightmares of what she looked like, and, and I didn't come to really know and understand. I'm a very curious person. I think the only uh, stupid question is the one you don't ask. And so I've asked around, I've talked around just to really try to uh, understand more about my mother, and, and a lot of people, <clears throat> I talked to one feller, uh, that worked with the EMS agency, was actually there with her when she was dying and said that she told him, <clears throat> said, you know, if you'll hold my hand and let me pray for all these people uh, while, you know, really her last moments on earth. And so I thank God that prayer's been instilled around me in my life. And really, I ain't really understood the, 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 the fullness of prayer and God's just given me little bits and little pieces, but this thing started a long time ago Amen, brother. Uh, through the prayer. And it's always, it's always been prayer and it'll always be prayer. That to me is how we get a hold of God. And that's one of the most powerful tools that I'm quickly coming to understand. So I lost my mother when I was five. God help. And, um, and th God's thank good. the Lord for it, praise God, God's because good. there's been many times I can remember laying in the back seat of a Lincoln <laughs> town car, and I, my my grandpa dragged me wherever I go with him. It didn't matter to me as long as we was going somewhere, and I get in the back window glass of this Lincoln town car like us uh, <laughs> twenty or thirty year olds do. I remember back in the day we'd ride up the interstate and lay in the back glass of that car, and I can remember going to Kentucky. I can remember going to. Um, uh, Virginia, the brother Don Medley's. I mean, we'd be. I go with him all over the place, and he'd preach. And man, I just ride in the back glass of that car. And so I've been drugged around to probably more churches. I'm like brother Seth. I, I agree with what he said. You know, he just drugged up on the Lord. <laughs> we've went. I've been drugged around. You know, and so I've been around church. I've been in church, involved with church my whole life. And there's come a time. I can remember, you know, we come up through playing sports and whatnot and and come up to my high school years when, when we played football, and that was big, and praise God for it and enjoyed it. But I can remember August 8th of 2010, and the week really leading up to that, and Brother Darren at that time had been my pastor for quite some time, and, and I'd listened to him preach and listened to him preach and listened to him preach, and that whole week leading up to the Lord saving me, I had, my goodness, uh, the things that God opened my eyes to. I seen the darkness of hell. I experienced the, the deep darkness of hell. With that. I mean, not only seeing it, I experienced it, and I believe the Lord allowed such things because God knows I was hard-headed. Uh, God knows that 
uh, I love being told no or I can't do it because that just drives me to uh, I just make it happen, you know. And so uh, that could be a good trait and a bad trait at different times. But that week I can remember seeing the devil's eyes. God let me see his eyes one night. Uh, God let the devil walk with me one night and, and really just let me experience uh, an evil that I had never really felt before. I mean, I would served the devil when I was lost. I would followed the devil and done the devil's things and the devil's worked and I lived in sin and, and even being raised in church. I mean, I, I've been raised in church all my life, but yet I was still lost. Still had to have God's sweet grace. Sure, amen. And so that whole week leading up to... August 8th be the Sunday evening of 2010. I had experienced the devil. I'd heard the chains, seen his eyes, experienced darkness. But ever, ever since that God gave us, I believe God utilized to let me experience hell without physically putting me in it. I, I've been hung over hell, and God let me go there uh, to, to experience that I was a lost sinner. And if I didn't get saved, oh, Lord, I was going to die and go to hell. Uh, but August the 8th of 2010 is a night I'll never forget. I'd, I'd, uh, uh, I'd been going my own way and doing my own thing. And, Lord God, I'm going to get tore up. It's all right. Um, I, I was just living for the world and living for self. And that Sunday evening, I'll never forget, I walked in the church. I sat with Brian Fisher. He's on my left. And we was about halfway back here in Bethel. I could probably take you back to the pew. Mm -hmm. And Paisley Henson had, had started singing a song, and I couldn't handle the conviction. God flew all over me. And, it, and it's always been by the foolishness of preaching. And I'm sure what Brother Darren preached that Sunday morning probably got a hold of me, but God come by before the preaching even started. Sure. And I fell in the old-fashioned altar on the left-hand side of the pulpit, and Amen. God saved my Amen. soul. I probably I confessed uh, everything I believe I ever done or ever knowed I'd done. And God saved my soul. I thank God Amen. that today I don't have to go to devil's hell. Now, I ought to be in hell when my back broke, my kneecap scraped off. But thank God I've got a home Amen. that Amen. I can go to a place called heaven. And so that was uh, leading up to, I was a, let's see, August 8, 2010, I was a senior in high school playing football and, and really just trying to understand, trying to uh, separate uh, living for the world and living for God and try to, you know, Lord, just freshly save me. And it's very easy. The devil come at you even harder, I believe. Uh, once you're saved because you're trying to get established, trying to get a good foundation and a footing. Man, the devil, he hit me every way but Sunday. And, and they as friends want me to go here and do that and and go their way. And I was trying to, trying to get going after God and get going in that direction and trying to figure out, you know, what the Lord would have me to do. And so that was my senior year in high school, and God saved me, and I thank God for it. Now, have I failed ever since then? Ever, every day. Sure. I failed him every day, and, and really I wish I could go back uh, and change some things or do some things differently and get even deeper involved with the Lord. But I, I know the Lord's ways is not our ways, and thank God that the Lord does everything for a reason because I sure wouldn't be where I'm at today if I could go back and change a few things around, but I sure do thank God for it. Amen. Saved in 2010. Yes, sir. August the 8th. August the 8th, 2010. On a Sunday night. On a Sunday night. <laughs> a, right over there. Right over there. I remember it well. <laughs> I, I took a lap around this church. Whew. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> in honor, not in your honor, but in the honor of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Amen. who died to save us. Amen. Yes, sir. I'll never forget that night either, son. What a blessing. So uh, tell me, uh, from that time, how long was it till... 
you started feeling God dealing with you about preaching? Um, just trying to think here. We come through. Oh, uh, we come through. Graduated high school and and. Went on trying to think, you know, I thought maybe for a little while I was going to go into Highway Patrol, thought for a little while I'll do this or I'll do that, or I thought maybe I'm going to be a professional bass fisherman, and that kind of went down the drain. I mean, God just <laughs> jerking rugs out from under my feet left and right. I don't know, Brother Remington, let me stop you for a second. He has called you a be a fisher of men. Oh, yeah, well, he has. Amen. A professional fisher of men. Amen. 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 What about Amen. that? Praise God. the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, go back. Sorry to interrupt. And so, I, you know, I kind of – Dabbled a little bit of everything and tried to see, you know, what the Lord would have me to do. And I believe it was probably, <clears throat> I'd say going on probably 2014, 2015, which now probably leading well from the time I got saved. I mean, I, I've always believed, you know, if, if, if the Lord had come on you and wanted you to shout or say amen, I've always listened to the man of God. And he said, whatsoever the master saith, do it. I just try to be obedient, you know, and there's been times to get up and shout and testify and just try to mind the Lord. And I've had a lot of people tell me for a long time, well, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a preacher. And I thought, you hush your mouth. I thought, that's crazy mess. I ain't got time for that. I don't want to do that. I've seen, I've experienced, I've seen, you know, the, the behind the scenes, so sure, to speak, sure. of that life. And I thought, man, I got, Lord have mercy. I, I want to be able to go do what I want to when I want to and, and you know, just go on. And so I believe it was about 2013, 14-ish, um, tried to start, I was get growing in the Lord and trying to get a little closer to the Lord and, and trying to, you know, just wherever I can help. Plug me in, preacher, use me, here I am. Just, you know, wherever you need me, trying to fit his folding bulletins, fit his, you know, trying to help take up an offering, greet at the door, just, you know, wherever. I know the Lord wanted me to do something, but I couldn't really figure out what the Lord wanted me to do, and, and it wasn't really real clear and so that went on 2013, 2014, 2015, and I believe it was right around 2015, I started kind of, I guess you'd say, substitute teaching as a Sunday school superintendent. And, you know, very involved with the youth here at Bethel, very involved with, you know, different things around, just trying to trying to be involved around every corner. If it's, you know, it didn't matter, cooking, cleaning, uh, teaching, just however I could try to be a help. Uh, to the man of God, and so about 2015, I started uh, just whenever the Sunday school superintendent, you know, need a break or is on vacation, I th- you know, we'll fill in, and and so there's a time or two, it comes Sunday morning, we can get real far up, and not called to get uh, preach yet, but you know, the Lord just really just get all over, you know, a thought or, or whatever the Lord's showing us, and so I've done that for about a year, I believe it was, and it was leading up to... Um, February the 14th of 2016, uh, the day of love, Valentine's Day. Man, I'll never forget it. Uh, it's leading up it, it, for a week straight, and it's just how, this is God's grace. Uh, it's amazing you talk about grace, because here we go. I was working at Fall Creek Fire Department, and it's full-time, you know, firefighting, and that was, that was my job. I enjoyed it, love it, and still volunteer now, and, and, you know, I enjoy helping people around any corner, doing whatever, but I was working at the fire department, and where I was at is in the middle of nowhere. It took me about 45 minutes to an hour to get to work every day. And so I go back there, and I had about a group of about five ladies that feed me every day of the week. They just call me and say dinner's ready, and I'd leave the fire department and go eat. Still in district, and so. But every morning, I would get to work, and I was really focusing on trying to read my Bible more and get you know deeper into the Word, because 
number one, I didn't understand prayer fully. I, I, I'd listen to Brother Bobby pray, and I always told myself, I said, man, if there's anything I could do in this world, if I don't ever do anything, I'd love to have power to pray. And I'd listen to Brother Bobby pray, and I'd listen to what he said and how he's saying it, and I'd listen to, you know, just kind of his, his tones and his moans and, and, and just trying to analyze him, really. I mean, not that I was trying to make an idol, but just I thought, man, how does he get a hold of God? And I'm trying to watch him, and I'm trying to read and find more out how to pray and different things. And so for five days straight, start on a Monday morning, I'd take my Bible. And if you're watching online, I'd take my Bible, and, and I, I'd and I didn't have this Bible at the time. I had a, a Schofield that the church gave me. When I graduated high school, I still got that Bible. And I'd set my Bible on my desk at work, and I'd just take my finger and just point to it, and I'd flip it open, and wherever it land, I'd just close my eyes and put my finger down, and I'd go to reading. And for five days straight, starting on Monday and ending on Friday, God, every morning, where I mean, I'd just blindfolded, just shut my eyes and point my finger and open my Bible. Five days straight, God said, Go preach, go preach, go preach. And I thought, Lord, this is the craziest mess I ever heard of. I thought, this can't be. And so by the time Friday rolled around, I was like, Lord, I always told you, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, if the Lord's calling you, run. I thought, Lord, I don't ever want to do that because I know, Lord, if I run, you're going to like really put me in a pickle. And I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You just speak the word, like truly make it clear to me you know, what you want me to do because I don't want to get up and say, well, the Lord's called me to preach when the Lord ain't really giving me a word. And back then I didn't really understand what getting a word was. But, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to, to go. And and so on Friday, you know, God, once again, God hit me again, you know, go preach unto all the world. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. And I kind of, I brushed it off and didn't really think nothing about it. It went throughout my day. And Saturday, uh, I, I I pulled a real, real Christian lick. I just thought, well, I ain't reading today. <laughs> I just not going to read my Bible today. I won't be no biggie. And, you know, went about my day. And and so come Valentine's Day, that Sunday, February the 14th, 2016, I was sitting right over here in this pew, and it's my Sunday to do Sunday school superintendent, and I don't even remember what in the world I was going to teach on because I stood up and I walked and made it to the first step, and it was like God stuck his finger dead square on my back and drove me into the altar and said, you are going to preach. I've called you. And I said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, amen, that's good enough for me. <laughs> and so right then, man, I give my life to the Lord to, to call to surrender to preach. And and it was on February the 14th on a Sunday morning in Sunday school. And if I, my memory serves me correctly, Lord God, the people that has told me I was going to preach, we shouted the building down that morning and just rolled right into the 11 o'clock service. And, you know, like Brother Darren says all the time, it's not me, friend. It's the Lord. It's it's the Lord just rolled in this place, and God gets all the victory for everything said and done since then. And I thank the Lord for it. Started preaching in 2016, serving God, walking with him every day, trying to learn to trust him. Uh, scary stuff, but Amen. best decision you'll ever make. Oh, and Lord. I remember God dealing with me about preaching, and I was more under conviction. Mm -hmm. And you may say, preacher, Darren, you're crazy. I was more under conviction about the preaching than I even was about salvation. You may say, preacher, that's impossible. Here's the difference. When I was lost... I didn't know what to do. Amen. Ignorant. I was under conviction. I didn't really know what to do. Finally, I got saved. When he called me to preach, I was a child of God. Mm -hmm. I did know my father's voice. I was responsible for humbling myself and doing what he told me to do. 
and I still didn't want to do it. And I tried to put it off and put it off and ask for signs that were not impossible, but it's not about a sign, mm-hmm. right? It's about that still small voice Amen. that calls and speaks to you. People say all the time, say, I don't know how the Lord speaks to you. I've never heard the Lord speak to me. He speaks to me in a still small voice. He mm. shows me things, things that are frightening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, things, things that are things that are mountaintop, things that are valley low. Mm-hmm. He, he just shows us stuff. And so thank the Lord for your obedience to begin to walk with him and, and uh, commune with him. So uh, you serving God, and I know then here at the church, we I don't know how it all worked out, but we just had you start leading our youth necessarily, just leading the youth, leading the youth. Now, Luke's one of those products there, working with the youth. And then there's young people all around here. You have influenced their lives and touched their lives. And, Absolutely. And, and, and you have no idea. I'd like for you to hear maybe Luke has something he might Absolutely. like to say to you right yeah. now. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say I am thankful um, for what God has done um, in your life, and it's bled over into my life. Praise the Lord. Um, I can think back to when the Lord was – calling me to preach. I mean, you said you were saved on August 8th, 2010. I was saved on August 3rd, 2010. So we got 2010 <laughs> in common right Praise there. Praise the Lord. And then on top of that, we got 2016 in common. Amen. Because I remember you surrendered to preach, and you preached your first message. And then right after that, Dad had uh, Mike Bagwell come in and preach revival. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't maybe two weeks after that. And in that revival, he was preaching about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit moving, the Holy Spirit working, and all the different uh, things of the Holy Spirit. And then God started dealing with me about preaching. And then, golly day, Dad's right. I mean, the conviction of preaching was very real and evident. Mm -hmm. And I can think of how just you have helped me um, in my spiritual walk, uh, God using you uh, over at youth moving i think of uh that one night we had you were up teaching it was probably i don't know you've been at pleasant hill now a year um so it was probably a year and a half two years ago and you were you were teaching and then all of a sudden you stopped and you just said i have a i have scripture to read and that's it and so you read scripture about how um if we all get together in one accord on prayer and we just get to agreeing that God will move. And so we all knelt down in prayer, didn't even have any more of a lesson other than that. And uh, I think that really, just that moment, enhanced my prayer life. And then we ended up going up to Mount Victory, and that enhanced my prayer life too. And I just want to say thank you for letting God use you and how God has used you in my life. And um, you're not much older than me, but I definitely look up to you um, as a man of God, I know that uh, you're not supposed to have an idol, but it's good to have uh, people to look to Amen. and Amen. to set an example. That's and right. God's definitely used you as an example in my life, and I am and I am thankful. Well, that night I want you to read that scripture, and maybe that's what you just found. Right? I want <laughs> yeah. you to read that scripture that the Lord laid on your heart. But we had had a prayer meeting that night. We left out a prayer meeting. I walked over to our our youth building and the Family Life Center. And when I, when I walked in over there, we've got youth, his age, his group, coming down the steps, squalling, mm-hmm. <laughs> hands oh, over yeah. their heads, oh, praising yeah. God. Some of them are shouting. I mean, I just walked in the door, and I thought, I have never seen this place. Yeah. We probably had, we probably had 
15 to 20 in there that night, and mm-hmm. they were ages ninth grade to college age. Mm-hmm. And Sunday come, that, I mean, I had them grabbing me and shouting, Preacher, dear, I'm so glad I'm saved. Lord, I got, I got help tonight. And I went, <laughs> woo, we just had prayer meeting, but it sounded like it was better over here oh, than it man. was right over at the youth building than it was over here. So I appreciate the influence that you've had in young people's life and still. Yeah. I mean, you still are an example, though you're not here at Bethel, you're still an example uh, to so many in our community. So tell us about this verse God laid on your heart, amen. amen. Read it to us, share. So leading up to that night, um, this had been, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, I'd, I'd been to Myrtle, I believe. Camp Zion. Here we go time. again, Camp Zion, folks. <laughs> I'm just telling you, <laughs> that's the point. place. I'm oh, that's the place. Yes. That's the place. And so I'm sure we'll, we might get into that after a while. But um, I really had never really had the Lord reveal himself unto me through the scripture as far as like opening a verse up unto me until I really understood and I believe until you understand prayer or, or really sink your teeth some way shape or form into prayer or God gives it to somebody to help you you know God I mean God can do anything but until I really understood and got my prayer life where it needed to be God knowed he couldn't open this Bible up to me especially in this area so I walked in that Wednesday night, didn't really have nothing. I'd, I'd piddled around, studied all day, and God just, I, I thought, what in the world, this is just crazy. I, you know, Lord, whatever you're doing. I always said when the Lord first called me to preach, I thought, Lord, I am never getting behind a pulpit, a podium, stand up, teach, preach, whatever, without a word. God, you've got to show me whatever you want me to preach or teach or do whatever. Yes. And so through that time, you know, God's really teaching me trust, taught, teaching me how to just, you know, listen, sit back and rely on the Lord. And I walked in that night, and what would happen is we'd get in, and, and Maggie would get up, my wife, and she would um, open up in, in uh, uh, with uh, prayer, request. prayer request. And so she'd take everybody's prayer request because her <laughs> beautiful handwriting, and she'd keep a kind of a log of it. And, and so I was sitting in the back of the classroom, and I was kind of peeling around, looked at the wall, looked at the ceiling, you know, like a nervous preacher would. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, you want to do something. Like, I don't know what in the world you're fixing to do. And God put it so heavy on my heart, Matthew 18, 19. And I thought, that's kind of odd. And so I turned my Bible and opened it up. And I see like red letters flying everywhere across the page. And I thought, Lord, this is you speaking. And, and the Bible says in, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I believe that wholeheartedly, 100%, that this is God's Word, infallible, inerrant, inspired, and this is how God speaks to me. And so I begin to read Matthew 18, 19. And the Bible says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth, uh, I'll start in verse 18, excuse me, shall uh, bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And God opened up verse 19 to me and he said, Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And uh, Lord have mercy. I read that, and it's like the Lord jumped out of that Bible. And they was taking prayer requests, and I just I squealed. I said, stop what you're doing. I said, God, just give me a word. I said, everybody open your Bible. I said, here's what the Lord wants. And I read Matthew 18, 19, and I told them, I remember this vividly. I said, listen, I don't know what you're dealing with, 
I said, but you've come in here with problems. You come in here with, uh, we had one girl's fixing to have uh, some work on her kidneys and what have you, and we had another's having relationship problems. We had two or three's having home life problems. I mean, listen, our youth groups is bound together of broken individuals that just need God and Amen. need a miracle. Amen. And and so we, I mean, we just believe in God. And I said, here's what I feel like the Lord wants us to do. I said, we're just going to get down and pray. I said, the thing about it is, don't you pray for yourself. I said, you pray for everybody else. I said, and don't even mention, I said, because I'm a firm believer that if you'll take the time to pray for somebody else and then Brother Darren's taught me this and, and, and I've learned more the more I go to Myrtle you know, the, if you'll just focus on praying for everybody else, yes. God will make sure somebody's praying for you. Yes, sir. And so I told our young people, I said, listen, if there's one thing you do tonight, I said, you focus on praying for everybody else. And I had everybody go around the room and, and give a prayer request. We had one boy who's tied up with the world needing God to really bind the Satan and set him free. And like I said, that other girl having health problems and this thing and that and the third and this, that and the third. And like I said, there's about 15 or 20 young people in the room. And I said, listen, you get in this room or whatever if you want to go at the corner, crawl up under the table. It don't matter to me. I said, but we're going to start praying. And we commenced to praying. And dear Lord, I believe about all of us as a whole reached up and grabbed heaven. And time stopped. Amen. And I believe that was a point when, when we got a hold of heaven and heaven got a hold of us. And I believe all heaven shut down and God turned an ear to where we was at. And Lord <laughs> God, we like to tore that room apart. And like the Torah building apart, and it's a thousand wonders that building's still sitting on foundation because of what God done for us that night. Amen. And really, I feel like right then, man, our youth ignited, and it just, oh, Lord, I don't know. I believe we're still seeing the effects of, of just yeah. watching you God are. just bubble on we this thing. Are. We, we, yeah. we, we are. Oh, you are. We are. Lord. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Absolutely. <clears throat> so that was that night. That, I'll never forget that Wednesday yep. night. A lot, of people, a lot of people, they'll – They'll pray and they'll they'll pray in silent. There's nothing wrong. No. With, there's nothing wrong no. praying in silent. But that night, everybody, mm-hmm. at least it sounded like everybody, was joined in together, yeah, praying out loud. I mean, it was audible. It was loud in there of people praying. Yes. And I mean, for for kids to youth to pray, um, a lot of times you get worried and you get. Uh, your pride kind of takes over, and you're like, hey, "I don't want, mm-hmm. don't want so and so to hear me. I don't no, want them to, don't want them to hear my issues." But <laughs> problem is, the issue has done been made known because we went around the room and <laughs> laid it out all on the line, so everybody knows the issues. And Man. then um, a lot of people they might get embarrassed and think, "Well, I don't really know how to talk to God." But I think that night everybody, mm-hmm. everybody re- realized that night it doesn't really matter if you know how to talk to God. It matters that you're saved. Absolutely. And it matters. Send it up. Just say it like you're talking to a friend. <laughs> yes, that's right. And you are talking to a friend. Absolutely. You're talking to a friend and you're talking to him with great reverence. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen God do great things in our youth group. And <clears throat> and it starts with not just not being ashamed. Absolutely. Absolutely. That song Brother Leonard wrote about, mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. Right? And I think that's such a big deal, not being ashamed. And you mentioned a minute ago about praying and 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 sometimes you worry, you, you, you're prideful with what I say, or run to the altar, prideful, I'm going to get ready to bow down, I'm going to cry tears, I'm, I'm going to shout and praise God. And when they come down out of that room that night, they lost their pride. Mm-hmm. They had left it somewhere, I know not where, amen. But it's amazing how quick our flesh finds that pride to come right back again. Absolutely. But I, I saw for some time God working, 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 working. I can remember one night, <clears throat> seemed like we'd been, I don't know how many weeks we preached on prayer. Uh, I probably preached two big series series of messages in my 
ministry on prayer. I think one time I probably went 16 weeks on prayer, just you know, and, and different different articles of things about finding out about prayer. But um, <clears throat> I felt led to have a 24 hours of prayer mm-hmm. here at Bethel. We had uh, we yeah <laughs> we we had somebody in the altar, maybe a couple of people in the altar for. All 24 hours, I think we may have went 30 or 36, if mm-hmm. memory serves me correct, that we would just be in here serving God, calling on the name of the Lord, praying, and people would sign up for an hour, right? So I think we started, I don't know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon or 6 o'clock in the afternoon, yes, maybe 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, I think. Yep. And um, uh, we started at 6 o'clock and pray every hour, have somebody different coming in every hour. And, and maybe I'm here for four or five hours and take take a break or whatever, but... Um, I think, Brother Remington, you may have been out of the state one time we did this. Yep. I was in Indianapolis, Indiana <laughs> at a tent meeting. We met uh, Brother Randy Glenn from Crawfordsville, Indiana at Mount Victory. And we told him after the meeting because he'd been so generous. We'd, as the first tent meeting, had rolled over five weeks. And, and we'd met him and told him, said, listen, you know, we'll come up. We'll all get up there and support you. So me and Brother Ethan, we tore out of here and drove like all night long and stopped at White Castle and, and all kinds of stuff. It's a whole other story for a different day. Um, and got up there and supported him. And I told Brother Darren, I said, listen, you start this baby. I said, we're going to drive all night long. I said, we're going to – I'll be back here first thing at daylight. I said, you know, to relieve my post, your post, and, and get behind you and go. Yeah. And and he, and he did. I mean, he, he came in right on time. I, I don't know. Uh, thank God for grace. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't know how many meals you had to skip to get here to, on time, but I do appreciate that. And – and uh, I can just remember things God did during those 24, 30, 36 hours of prayer. Yes. Um, mm. um, one time in particular, I was underneath a pew back here praying. It wasn't my hour to pray, but I was in here when other people were praying. And you were here with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you were in the building, uh, but I was under a pew. And something passed by me. Please tell me it wasn't you because I don't think it was. Yeah, I believe it was the Lord. And it said, <laughs> I heard, mercy. Oh man, That's and I've, I've heard it, I, I, and this time, but I heard it audibly, <laughs> yeah. and t- so much so that I jumped up. At oh, I've never heard of that voice audibly just like that. Mm-hmm. People have said it's air conditioning. Well, I'm telling you, nope. I've never heard it again, uh, just like that. And and God didn't give me a series of messages about mercy, but mm-hmm. but God came by, and for I don't know, four, five, six hours. It was. It was. Yeah. I, I don't even know people happened. coming in. People have told me things that were happening when they came in, and I don't even know. Can't remember. Can't remember some of the things that even happened. Uh, but I do know this, that after we spent that time in prayer, God sent victory. Yep. He sent grace. Well, he done it. He gave mercy, <laughs> saving souls, uh, answering prayer requests, some of the most incredible things I've ever seen him do. Um mm. Brother Remington just got in here um, with me. I think he was due. I mean, think, think about it. He had been he'd driven all night. He had been in a service all evening. Um, he stayed with me for a while. It got on with the program. He couldn't leave. Uh, he just kept staying and staying. And the next thing I knew, we got to reading Bible verses. <clears throat> from. You remember that? Yes, uh, we were reading out of Psalms. Out of Psalms. Just <laughs> back and just flipping through Psalms and and, and, and I'd recite one, and then he'd read two. And then mm. I'd read one, and he'd read another. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost just bouncing it. 
And you know what we did? We just got to praising God, reading the scriptures out of the yeah. Psalms, and, and, and we just got to, I remember thinking, God just inhabits praise. Let's just get to praising him for a while. Boy, and, it and the Holy Ghost began to move on us, and God come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was incredible. So uh, your burden of prayer and, and, and going to Camp Zion for prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and um, some people think, well, he's going to Camp Zion for the services. I know this boy. This young man is not just about the services at Camp Zion. They're great. But I'm telling you, Brother Daniel Buchanan yep. has been very instrumental in my life. Brother Daniel, if you see this, I love you, brother. I mm. appreciate you. I pray for you. Amen. And I appreciate all the prayers you've prayed around Avery County, North Carolina, and all across western North Carolina yeah. and Mississippi and the time that you spent with Brother Percy and the time that you've laid out in a cornfield or up under a stage somewhere, son. God bless you. Mm-hmm. God bless you. People don't even know where you've been, and I don't even know either, but I'm just telling you, there's power in prayer, mm-hmm. amen. And so I want you to talk to us a little bit about that, Brother Rim. About prayer? Yeah, about prayer. And Oh, and boy. So Camp Zion? So I guess we'll start coming in through about five years. Here's number five, great great number in my life. Um, you know, God, five days is number five. Being right. grace, right. five days took God called me to preach is – you know, it was it was through that number that God done that great work. I mean, God's just using that grace and that number all through my life. Five years, I've been preaching five years, and and you know, I'd entered pastoring within that five years at a church, and didn't really understand prayer and really what all I was doing. And I come back to Bethel, uh, or pre COVID, and and we went through COVID, and and through COVID, people say, "Oh, COVID was bad." COVID was great, yes, because man, I learned how to read. I learned yes. how to get one on one with Amen, God. Son. And, you know, and so that really God was growing me through prayer, and I didn't even know it. We come uh, to the first tent meeting, thank God for Mount Victory. Amen. Another life-changing experience in my timeline. And so we come to Mount Victory, and we get up on that mountain, and, man, pride is flying all over the place. It's, you know, first big, I guess you could say, in my lifetime that I've seen a mass gathering of churches trying to get together, and and you've got tradition, you've got um, old and young, you've got you know you've got the old pastors and the young ones coming in, and and everybody's trying to mesh and splurge and 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 go about mingling and and pecking orders, and, and you hate to say it like that, but it's the truth of the matter. And at least I seen it in my eyes, and and I got up on that mountain and we was praying that first night. And then, listen, I'm just a nobody, and, and I'm just from Bethel, and that's all I am, and I'm just trying to be a faithful church member and, and try to, you know, support each other and, and get behind everybody else. And I didn't know Brother Ethan. Uh, I didn't have a clue who the man was. and didn't have a clue who in the world anybody else was up there. I thought, you know, I'm just going to find God. I'm going, you know, they say all the time, my daddy's beating my brain. You don't go to church for anybody else. You go between you and the Lord. Amen. It's between you and the Lord, and that's what – uh, Christianity is and salvation that's between you and God and so I thought I'm gonna go this mountain and and see what the hype's all about I'm gonna go taste and see and try to find God and so I got up there and and like I said I was praying and, and didn't really know how to pray and I was just trying to crutch my way along and from what I'd listened to great saints within Bethel and listen to brother Darren pray and all these other young preachers you know we surround each other and just trying to pray and, and use my knowledge of what I'd learned uh, to pray and 
I got up there and seen a man that, I, you know, I, like I said, I didn't know what Brother Ethan looked like, and everybody's kind of huddled up around him, and they was praying, and I went over there and grabbed a hold of his feet because the only thing I could think of was that as precious as the feet of them that carry the gospel. Yes, sir. And I thought, Lord God, if this if is the man that's behind this meeting, I'm yes, going to pray for him Amen. and get behind him. And yes. so I grabbed a hold of his feet and, and began to pray, and, man, God just done something, you know. And, and, and from that night on, we really have become great friends, lifelong friends. You know, we hang out all the time. We talk all the time. And so it was through Brother Ethan in the mountain that I come to know Brother Daniel. And it was through the mountain and Brother Ethan that I come to know Brother Daniel. And then I got invited uh, to go with Brother Ethan. He asked me if I'd go with him to the first uh, trip down to Myrtle. We'd go down there and pray. And the first time I rolled up on exit 55, yes. oh, sweet Lord, it's about 1 o'clock in the morning. I'll never forget it. And we're in a little white van, and we're right down there state, and, and we're just, you know, just bebopping along and, and fellowshipping and whatnot. And and I'll never forget it. You roll up off off exit ramp, exit 55, and you turn and look, and you got the three steeples. Oh, Boy, we come unglued. We shouted from the time we got off the ramp till the time we rolled in the parking lot. And I didn't really even know. I'm just shouting because God just rolled up in that van. Didn't know where I was at. Didn't know what in the world. You know, first time I've ever been in Mississippi. And, uh, man, we rolled into that place, Myrtle, Mississippi. I mean, they. I agree with these men. If you blink, you miss it. It's gone in, in just a blink of an eye. And we rolled up on the grounds, Camp Zion. And I'd heard Brother Darren so graciously has give us all young preachers a copy of A Ray for God on tape. And we'd listen to that. Man, I'd burnt that CD up. I just over and over and over and over just listening to what all got done for Brother Percy. And through listening to all this and finally getting to go to Myrtle, man, God's starting to put pieces together. And there's, excuse me, a lot of pieces that started to come together fast. And... Uh, at the time, I was praying about a man, a heavy object in my life. My sister, she is uh, away from God, and, 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 man, I was really burdening me and burdening my family, and I got down there the first night. We got there, and, and man, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and Brother Ethan's like, let me show you the prayer house. And I'm like, okay, all right, cool. So we get in the prayer house. This is the first day that we're there, and, and I'm like, all right, Brother Ethan, what do we do? And he's like, well, you just pray. And I'm like, ain't nobody ever prep me for this i'm like i don't really know what to do like and then he went to pray and i thought lord i don't really know what i'm doing and i don't really know well you know like the whole purpose of this deal i mean we're here to pray but god you're going to, have to like teach me show me something and man about the time i said that dear lord have mercy man god stepped all over that i mean god's there people like Amen. god is in camp zion and all over that place and thank god for brother percy and his sacrifice uh, because really, I mean, I wish the Lord to show Brother Percy who all he's affected down through the years. Yeah. My life included. He one day. Oh, man, I'd he say. He one day. Absolutely. And so we got down there, and man, God stepped in that room, and I grabbed a hold of another gear. I mean, God instilled it. I mean, it was already there when I was born, but God had never put it into the ratio and all that physics and how all that stuff works. And, and man, God really started teaching me about prayer and through Brother Daniel and Brother Ethan and being able to pray with these men. And we got down there, and I remember the first time I got to pray, and Dad just called me, and he said, your sister's bad shape. He said, you're going to have to pray. And, man, I, Lord, God, I just went to pray, and I thought, Lord, I don't even know. I'm just talking to you like you're standing here because I know you're here somewhere. I can't see you, but, Lord, I can feel you. And so I went to praying, and I believe oh, two or three hours went by. Man, we'd been praying and praying. I prayed horse and got my voice back and prayed it horse again about two or three times. And, and man, when God, it's almost like I explained to our church, 
what I experienced. I got a very vivid imagination. And what I experienced when the Lord waves on places is, is almost like God just flapping his wings. And, man, it's just like a flow, a wave, a glory. He comes, and you get a big wave. And, man, you get all you can handle, and then God says, that ain't enough. Here's some more. And, man, God done that for about two or three hours. Same thing like he done here at Bethel on the 24 hours of prayer that night. Man, God just, just waving on the place. And so that, that full week of Myrtle uh, that we was there praying, and when I left that, that uh, Saturday morning, I didn't really understand what all God had done, and I didn't really understand, and, and only heaven to be able to tell, and I'm still seeing stuff that, that God had put into fruition uh, through that first week that I'd went to Myrtle. Now, since then, I've been two or three times and, and tried to go on the work trips and different things, try to keep the camp up because, man, I'll tell you what, that place holds a special key to my heart. And, and you can ask our church people, you can ask my wife, if there's an open door to go to Myrtle, I'm out of here. <laughs> See you. I'm gone. Man, that's that's my safe haven. I mean, now, granted, when I go down there, spiritual warfare on our home, spiritual warfare on, on our church people, yes. you know, when we're away down there praying, but there ain't no place I'd rather be. Yes. And so, you know, really through Myrtle, changed my prayer life. And then when I come back uh, from Myrtle the first time, ah, Lord, I don't even really know, man. It just, it just, took me to a whole nother place of really understanding Hebrews 4.16. Therefore, let us come boldly. Just stand before him like Brother Luke said. When you pray, pray like he's standing there. Yes. Yeah. Pray like he, like I tell my people, pray like God's standing there with a legal notepad writing down every word for word. I mean, it's that real. He's listening. When you begin to pray, dear Lord, Man, God turns an ear to where you're at. Now, how you know much he'll let you feel. There's been times that I've really felt like God just turned an ear and stopped heaven, and there's been times where you know God says, you've got to pray and have faith, and, and God steps back, so we'll pray more earnestly. And so God began to teach me things through prayer, and, and it was that whole year um, leading up. That was... Uh, that was about a year right after the, uh, that would have been, we had uh, August been the first tent meeting, and then it would have been, um, it would have been, um, mercy, uh, that had been in December, and then we'd had another tent meeting uh, the following August, but man, from, from that time in December, man, my life has changed. And it's been because of prayer, God teaching me how to pray and different things. And so, so that's, you know, our take through prayer. I don't want to, you know, jump the gun and get ahead because prayers all through this uh, leading forward, but it's Myrtle. Brother Daniel, Mount Victory, and Brother Darren, because even uh, before Brother Daniel, before I even knowed him, before I know Brother Ethan, I mean, I'd sit in sermon and listen to Brother Darren tell about Balfort Baptist Church where God saved him through Brother Percy and how God done all these big, great mighty things through Percy and, and all these great stories. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, there, there ain't no difference between then and now. Right. Yeah. There ain't no difference from when Percy was, was alive and following and minding God as right. to now. So if God can do I'm a firm believer. If God can do it then, why can't he do it now? He can. So that's been my big drive is just trying to ignite a wave of, of this generation to we've got to believe God. Hell or high water. We have got to get back to simply like Brother Darren, when he prayed, I love what he said when he's praying. God making us a clean vessel. I hear Brother Larry Winkler pray all the time. I love listening to that man pray. Yes, me too. And he says, Lord, empty me. And he talks about how, I said, Lord, 
said, if I got anything dirty, you won't hear me. I can't quote that scripture right off. I can't remember it. But I understand, and I agree 100%. If we've got anything within us, we've got to be clean and right before God uh, that, that when we would pray, man, we could just reach up and grab glory. And trying to get this generation to understand it ain't about it ain't about this or that or denomination. Listen, this thing, we got to get back to believing God. It's that simple. That's the key. we got to get back to believe. Let God be God. You key. let God do God things, and, and it's our job to show others Christ and love. And how do we do that? We do that by praying. Amen. Boy, I'm telling you, prayer, if, and if I don't do nothing else but preach on prayer the rest of my life, <laughs> I love prayer. So that's, that's how I've kind of got started into prayer and got us up to now. Yeah. I think that scripture, if I regard iniquity in my heart, mm-hmm. the Lord will not hear me. Absolutely. And so um, <clears throat> we've got to know that God is not going to fill a dirty vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, if you went to your house, say there were dirty dishes laying there in the sink, and somebody comes home, you're not going to take that cup that just had tea or coffee ground still in it and just give it to them right. with something fresh in it. You're Absolutely. going to clean that up before you put something fresh in it. And so I just feel like the the Lord wants to He wants to put something fresh in us, but we need to be cleansed up. And I can't clean up myself. Absolutely, I'm un, I'm unable to do that. And right. but but God is well able. All right, so let's talk about the Pleasant Hill Baptist Church, uh, a great church. Uh, let's talk about uh, how um, God called you, sent you there, vacuum cleaners. Oh, let's just talk about these <laughs> things. Amen. That's an inside joke, and and uh, but he, he'll elaborate about it. So so uh, I've you know people don't get a hold of vacuum cleaners. It's a dangerous thing. <laughs> but uh, it, it it broke our heart, brother Rim, when when you left out of here. At the same time, we were thrilled to death because we knew that God was sending you forward to the next chapter, book Absolutely. of your life. Absolutely. And um, we knew that it, it, it's not the end. It may be, it's just going to be different. The, you're not here with us every day, but you're here in mm-hmm. our hearts with us Absolutely. every day. And that's why when we get back with you and, and brothers in Christ that we just connect. It's just amazing how quick we can connect again. So I want to talk to you about how God, dealt with you, I, you know, I, I don't want to deal with the, their church side of it because, you know, God showed them what to do, and there's a whole history there of how God showed them how, what to do. But I want to hear it from the preachers. There may be a man of God. Uh, he's not even surrendered yet. Mm-hmm. There's a man of God who's I not surrendered yet right now. And God's listening. And this young man has got God. God has got this young man tuned in mm-hmm. to listen today. And uh, and then again, maybe there's some young preachers out there. You you're pastoring. You've been pastoring three, five years, and um, you have similar experience to what Brother Remington's going to share. And um, I hope this will be a blessing to you. So, Brother Remington, share with us about how God dealt with you. Because because when I left where I at Fletcher, it was hard for me to leave. I was going to a church that had 23 people, no young people. Hard for me to leave, but easy to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Talk to us about that. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> Kurt, time, like I said, I, I, I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast that I had interim pastored at a church and was there about seven months. And man, God done a great work. God saved two or three, grew up the church in great and mighty ways. And uh, but I just couldn't go. I mean, God just would not. It was a it it was just a, a no around every corner, uh, so to speak. And so I come back home. God told me go home, go home, go home. And I come back home, COVID hit, all oh, these things, you know, and we, 
really got a hold of the youth and trying to figure out how to revamp them and how to, you know, really uh, just believe God and go. You know, this is the new, this is the new way of life after COVID, and we're going on and figure out how to adjust and overcome adversity. And so that's what we've done, and just just really being consistent. Just stay faithful. You know, even when it feels like you could go another route or do something else, just stay stay faithful. Be consistent. Show up Sunday morning. Show up Sunday night. Show up Wednesday night. Anytime a door's open, show, any way you can help, pick a trash up. You know, anything you can do, just stay faithful and stay consistent. And and that's what we was doing. We was just, you know, we, we felt like we was, you know, being used to our, our full capacity. And we're just, you know, working, doing, just, well, you know, whatever. Preacher, what can we do? Pastor, how can we help? You know, just trying to take new trips, doing whatever we need to do to uh, move and, and get this church going in the right direction to help, you know, and do our part because, listen, you know, friend, if you're listening out there today, uh, the church just ain't, this ain't Darren Baptist Church or this ain't Remington Baptist Church. Amen. This is, you know, this is Bethel or this is Pleasant Hill. Amen. But at the end of the day, we're us. in this together. Right. Church yeah. starts in the home. Amen. And if we can get our homes right and then bring our people together, I tell our church all the time, church starts in the home, and when we can come together, then will we be a collective body of believers in one mind, in one accord, and that's where we unite and come together. And then churches can take your church and my church, and we can come together. And that's what we're doing is just trying to get our church together together and we had some broken pieces some broken families broken hearts god just doing and moving and doing all these great things and so we come up we talk about the wednesday night where god really moved uh, that was leading up um, to this time didn't really know it just then god was opening up that i believe god moved that wednesday night and then i'll never forget that sunday morning man god really revelated matthew eighteen nineteen again and through our church people uh, that Sunday morning, I'll never forget that Sunday, man, God just blowing. I mean, in the midst of this, learning to pray and, and doing all these things, man, God just blowing the church out. I mean, God just helping us left and right and meeting our needs and fighting our battles. And, and really, we're just getting spoiled, and the Lord's helping us. And so we come to graduation at BCA here, and my wife, she works here at BCA, and, and thank God for it. Man, it's been another great testament in my life. Just watch all these kids go. and And so, you know, once again, preacher, what can we do to help? How can we, you know, how can we be used? Can we do something more? Can we help more? I mean, listen, people, we're, me and my wife, I've killed her ever since I've got married to her because I've just, listen, we're going to go for God. And if we die doing so, that's all right, too. And so, you know, we're just running on the life strings we've got in our life, and, and we're just trying to pour into the church because this is our only hope. Uh, this is all we've got until now, till kingdom comes, and we're trying to pour everything we've got into it. And we was working left and right and trying to do. And so we come night of graduation. They're having Brother Leonard's preaching. Praise God. Thank God for it. And he uh, preached a phenomenal message at night and went over after the service and feeding uh, everybody. And, and I love to just take the trash out, help anyway, run a vacuum, just be quiet and keep the door and, and just, you know, do whatever and be out of sight, out of mind. And so I was running a, uh, run a vacuum, and uh, that's a very dangerous task to be doing. <laughs> and I was, um, you know, wondering, thinking, you know, Lord, how could it be used more? Lord, what have you got for me? You know, I, f- I felt like a Lord, I felt like this just wasn't, wasn't enough. Like I could do more. Lord, I could do more. I could do more. And we come to that night, be a Wednesday night, 
uh, probably at that time would have been right around May, I guess, would have been graduation-ish. And I was preaching, Lord mercy, I was preaching wide open. I was in revivals in Charlotte and all over creation. You had revival here. Revival here, and I was preaching all over, was preaching out, was trying to be here and be faithful to our youth and, and just preaching all over creation. God's helping us, showing us things. And and dragging my wife and our two girls, just babies, dragging them all over tarnation and uh preaching wide open. I was running a vacuum over in the fellowship hall, and I was just vacuuming away and just satisfies my ADD, and I'm just back and forth and vacuuming and whatnot and helping the ladies try to clean up. And I had a man uh, by the name of Andrew Duggar as a deacon there at Pleasant Hill, still my deacon now, thank God for him. And he come up and put my arm around me, and he said, you ever thought about pastoring a church? <laughs> I like to broke my vacuum in half because I was like, no, I, I sure ain't. That's the last thing on my mind, friend. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm very satisfied where I'm at. I don't really feel like God's calling me anywhere. I said, you know, now I feel like I could help more and do more, but I really feel like, you know, it's here. It's got to be here because this is home. This is where God's called me. God has not given me another word to move. And so I was just growing where I was planted. God had not. Amen. You know, dissected me yet. I, I, I was just, God put me here, and I'm trying to help everybody I come in contact with and, and just grow and and help the cause of Christ. And so I was just vacuuming away, and after he asked me that, he said, I want you to pray about it. And uh, um, he said, our pastors resigned, and, and he said, I want you to pray about it and 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 see what how the Lord leads. And now, mind you, I ain't. My wife come out of Pleasant Hill. She growed up there. And I know the church, like Brother Darren said, been a great church down through the years. God has moved in a great, mighty way in that church down through the years. And uh, Brother Mac Hodge, another influencer on Myrtle Amen. and Percy Ray, and praise yes, God sir. for our heritage. Brother, I mean, God just turning all this together. And so, um, you know, I, I began to pray. I said, Lord, I know that I'm supposed to do more, more, more. But, you know, is this really... I'm like, Lord, you're going to put Brother Darren in a bind. You're going to, like, our youth's going to be in a bind. God, this is this is going to be a bad mess, Lord. Like, I mean, I understand you know what you're doing, but, Lord, you know, is this what you want? And so um, kind of kept that under my hat. I didn't want to, I didn't, number one, didn't want to scare my young people because, man, God was just, Lord, God, there's a move, which now, thank God, God know what he's doing because leading up this, God had our young people on fire. I'm in a blazing ball of fire, and I didn't have to, no, I just pray and believe God and watch God just pour gas on that bunch. And and they's just going on with it, and, and I was just back here running a little fan, just breathing on them, just trying to help out. And and so God was just setting them up to where it really wouldn't be that hard of a transition, not like I thought, you know, because God said, just give it to me. You trust me, and you pray like you trust me. And I said, I do, Lord, I'm, I'm with you. And so I said, God, if this is what you want, you know, you're going to have to show me and be real clear. I said, God, because this would be a bad goof. I said, you know, and everything the Lord's doing in my life, I said, Lord, last thing I want to do is get out of the will of God and be a has-been or be an example that, you know, that like the Bible says, Israel, you know, they done wrong inside of God and God smote them. And I said, Lord, I don't want to be that, you know, try to be a help to all these young people. I said, Lord, there's a lot of young preachers watching me. God, there's young people watching me. There's old people watching me. I said, God, I can't can't be wrong. I've got to be right in this aspect. And so... I was praying, 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 preaching and praying, and I'd preach meetings, and, and God just, you know, just whacking my mind, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, you know, I don't know, Lord, what you're doing, and really just trying to pray and trying to pray, and so I went, was going on vacation, 
And I had preached at Pleasant Hill, you know, a handful of times. And, man, God was just helping me. And at the time, I owned my own business. I had to haul gravel for a living. Had my own dump truck. And, and I'd, I'd drive by that church about every day. And I'd go by that church and about run over the church. Because I'd look at the church and I'd get so fixated looking at the church. I said, God, I've got a burden for that church for some reason. I don't know why. I, yeah. You know, and I get a, I got a burden for that place. And I said, Lord, I said, it's about pitiful, you know, the, the shape that they're in and whatever. And I said, God, I don't know why I've got a burden. I said, but, Lord, you're going to have to show me something. And I never told that church that, not for a while I was preaching. I mean, I could walk in there, man, I had a burden for them people. And I looked at them, and I, I'd preach, I'd preach my guts out. I'd preach, I was blue in the face, and and just preach and try to help and do and, and whatnot and, and know that I had a burden for them. And I was still praying and still praying and still praying. And I told, uh, you know, uh, I'd met with the deacons, and uh, told him, I said, you know, what we're going to do? I said, we're just going to pray. And, and I said, that's all I know to do. I said, I, I'm big on prayer. And I said, we're just going to pray and and see what happens. And, and so I'd done been through this once because it got to where I was preaching there pretty frequent. <laughs> and and I'd, I'd went... I'd done this before at the church I'd entered pastor, and I got to where I was preaching there pretty frequent, and then frequent turned into seven months, and then, Lord have mercy, and, and thank the Lord for it. So I told him, I said, listen, I said, you've got me a month, and I'm going back home. I said, because I've got young people I've got to tend to. I've got, you know, a pastor I've got to support. I've got, I've got my spot in this church that I've got to fulfill and be the faithful member that I told the Lord I was going to be. And so I, I told him, I said, I'm going to go on vacation. I said, I'm going to pray and, and seek the Lord for a word. I, and so I told the Lord, I said, God, you have got to give me something. I said, whether it, whether it be my dream or whether it be through the Scripture or, or something, I said, you're going to have to do something. And so we went down to the beach, went on vacation. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, we're on the East Coast. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be faithful. Even more so, uh, this trip, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up at 5 in the morning. I'm going to meet you on the beach. I said, when you raise the sun up, I'm going to be standing there waiting on you. And so I done her every morning. I, I'd be standing there waiting, and God would raise the sun up, and I'd be reading my Bible, and I'd be trying, I'd be just waiting on God, show me something, show me something, and nothing. And I, I'd, I'd get done reading that day, and I'd do about a two-mile prayer walk. I'd prayer walk for about an hour and a half just praying. For everybody else. I wouldn't pray about going to that church. I wouldn't pray about I said, God, if, if you really want me there, I'm going to pray for everybody else like I've always done. Just pray for everybody else and somebody have somebody praying for you. And I pray, 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 and nothing. That was on Monday, Tuesday, nothing. Wednesday, nothing. You know, and, and about every night my wife's like, is the Lord showing you something? I said, I ain't got a thing. I said, is the Lord showing you something? And she said, the Lord ain't spoke nothing. And so I believe it's Wednesday or Thursday, and God give her a word, but she being the quietest she was, she said, I ain't going to tell you. She wouldn't say nothing. I'd say, Lord, give you something. She'd shake her head. No. I thought, well, this is bad. This is real bad. And I thought, we're going to go home. We ain't got a word. We're going to be clueless, about as clueless as it was when we left. And so uh, Thursday morning, I had overslept. Or excuse me, that was Friday morning. Friday morning, I had overslept. And because I went Thursday morning and Friday morning, I thought, I thought, Lord, I thought this is just, this is almost useless. <laughs> I, I've went all week, Lord, and nothing's happened. And once again, day number five, I, 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 for some reason, I woke up at five and it's almost like the Lord smote me. About like the same when he called me to preach, he put his finger dead square in my back. It's almost like the Lord hit me square in the head. And knocked me back out, like, like it's not, not like physically knocked me out, but he put me back to sleep. 
And almost like how he put Adam to sleep when he took the rib out and made Eve. He, I mean, Lord, literally, I mean, I woke up, and it's just like all of a sudden I just fell back. I went back to sleep, and I thought, man, that's so crazy. But I went into a deep sleep. I mean, I, and you ask my wife, I ain't really a deep sleeper. I mean, I dream some crazy stuff like walking across a bridge and fall through and smack the ground and whatever. Um, but I went into a deep sleep, and I woke up, and I was in a field, a big, beautiful field in the cove in Marion, North Carolina. And why I was in that field, I don't know why it had to be that field. But I guess the Lord knows I was very familiar because at the time I was driving my dump truck. I mean, I come up through the cove five, six, seven times a day. I go by this. I could take you and show you that field that God had me in. And I went in this field, and I was standing in this field. And I done told the Lord, I said, God, if I go to this church, I said, this church needs a bus. And this bus, go, I said, God, this, this church needs a bus. I said, this could be a, 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 mo, a momentum for young people. This, this could be huge, uh, you know, to bring people to the church and do whatever. I said, but God, this church needs a bus. We've got to be able to go. And I walked into this field, and it was the most beautiful. It was about a 40-footer white bus with dark tinted windows, had underbelly storage, single axle, is about is a freight liner nose with a slope glass hood, and you go up, up up on it, and it had red interior, crimson red interior, like the color of the blood. <laughs> Man, I mean, it was lit up. It had red carpet on the ceiling. The floor was lit up blue, like royalty. I mean, and Lord God, every person that I'd seen in that church while I was preaching was there in my dream. They was kids crawling under the bus. My deacons was shouting, running around the bus. Well, they weren't my deacons at the time. Uh, but they was shouting, running around the bus. I mean, all the people that I'd seen, the elderly, the young, the, the, I mean, they's all there in that field. And, man, we is shouting the glory together. God, give us a bus. And I woke up. And it was so real when I woke up. I, I got up, and my wife was sitting there on her phone. This is Friday morning. And I thought, I mean, it was so real. It's almost like it was just happened. You know, and, and we was done there. And so I was going, I got up and was fixing to walk in the thing. And it's like God smacked me. He's like, you big dummy, I just showed you something. And when it hit me, I turned around and looked at my wife. And, and I could have I I probably swallowed a five-gallon of mosquitoes. My mouth was so big when I turned around. And I looked and I said, I said, uh, did, did you see what I just seen? And she kind of looked at me real crazy. And I said, uh, I said, here's what the Lord just showed me. And I got done telling her what all the Lord just showed me. And that Friday morning... Typically, God speaks to me through the Word. That's what He does. God shows me through His Bible. I pray. God speaks through His Bible. I go on about life. My wife is different. She prays, and God gives her dreams. That's just what it does. But this time, God gave me a dream first, and then come through and spoke to me in Scripture. I told her exactly what God showed me. And I went in that morning, I sit down, opened my Bible, and I said, God, you're going to have to put some Scripture to back this up. I said, because this is crazy. And so I got down. And I got to reading in my Bible, and God showed me Psalm 17, 15, and Isaiah 3, 12. Give me one verse to leave Bethel and one verse to go to Pleasant Hill. That's what God gave me. And God gave me them two verses that morning. I'll never forget it. That was that morning. That was probably about mid, um, that was about mid, first of June, middle of June-ish. Probably about middle of June because I went back and I told him, I said, here's the deal, for real. I set my deacons down. I said, we're going to pray and believe God. I said, here's what God showed me. I and mean, we like to tour the, the 
pastor's office down. It wasn't my office yet, but we, I got to tell them what God, God showed me. And I said, this is a word from God. Here's the scripture to back it up. Here's what God showed me. I said, you are going around this side of the bus, and you are coming off a bus, and you are coming around that side of the bus. I said, here's what all's happening. And they's a crying, shouting the glory, and, and, and I's a crying, shouting the glory. I said, but here's the deal. I said, I know I'm supposed to be here. I said, it's what God showed me. I said, but I'm giving you a month. Simple as that. I said, you got a month to make up your mind whether or not, and you need to pray, you know, if this is the Lord's will that I come to this church. I said, God's just going to have to show you just as much as he showed me. Well, coming home that Friday, I called, or is that Saturday, or it might have been that Sunday morning, uh, uh, I called uh, Andrew, that same deacon that come when I was running the vacuum cleaner, and I told him what God showed me, and he said, God's done showed me, and 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 I told Maggie, and she said, well, God showed me Thursday, and I'm like, well, you mean, you didn't tell me nothing, you crazy thing, and uh, and so we went about through that, and so it had been about a month, or excuse me, it was about the middle of June, and I went I went full-time preaching. I told myself, I'll give you a month full-time, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I said, we'll go about this thing. I said, but you got a month. I said, at the end of the month, you better make your mind up. I said, you better find God, and God better give a word. I said, because if not, I'm going back to Bethel. I said, and I'll just tell the Lord, well, Lord, it's a good run. I'm going back where I'm planted, and that, that'll so be it. And it, wasn't, it, was, it was probably two weeks. Uh, it's supposed to, I guess, test me for a month or try me for a month. And then vote on me. Well, two weeks went by, and one of the deacons jumped up and said, we're going straight into conference. And, like, next thing I know, my wife wasn't even here. <laughs> She's on vacation. And they're like, we ain't letting you go. God showed us that's where, here's where you're supposed to be. And uh, and we praise the Lord for it. And I've been there. Yeah, that was July 17th of 2022. So I've been there right at a year now. And God has done great oh, things, <clears throat> saving souls encouraging people mm -hmm. there's been tremendous growth in pleasant hill baptist church absolutely i feel the rumblings here at bethel <laughs> of what god's doing down there yeah. just just on the other side of the county and it's been tremendous amen absolutely. and the pleasant hill pleasant hill baptist church we love them mm -hmm. very very dearly some some dear folk in that church and we pray for you and we pray for that church that uh, god does a unique work and we have a uh, a meeting that we've already set up where you're going to be able to come and bring your folks and you're going to preach and we're going to have popcorn preaching that night and the, the Justice family is going to be there. That's uh, later on in the, at the end of October, on the mm -hmm. fifth Sunday night in October. We're excited about that. Praise the Lord. Well, Brother Rim, I have, um, strange, but I have verses that I'm supposed to read you. Okay. Psalm 115. Psalm 115. Verse number 12 has been laid on my heart to read to you. And another one in the New Testament. And uh, this is strange. I, I don't just walk up to people. Sometimes I'll send people a text. Hey, this is what's on my heart. I, sometimes I'll go and pray with somebody. Say, I got this verse on my heart. And, and um, this is what's on my heart for you, for, for whatever. Psalm 115, verse number 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. Mm -hmm. He will bless us. Praise God for that. That's a promise. I want to read then also, uh, I'll be honest with you, when I came in today, and you know this to be true, Brother Edmonton, when I came in today, I'd prayed all morning about what we talk about or whatever, and God didn't necessarily give me direction as to what we were going to talk about. So when you got here, I didn't Thank say, now we're going to do this and this and this. I, you know that I didn't do that. <laughs> and even when we started reading here today, 
Hebrews 4.16. You and I had no previous discussion of that verse. Nope. And then God told me, Psalm 115, verse 12. And God told me to read this to you, and you know it. Psalm what now? Psalm 115, verse 12. You already marked that yep. one. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7, and you know this. That's what the Lord laid on my heart. So I'm going to go back to Psalm 115. says, the Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, yep. casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Care for you. <laughs> well, I believe that. And he's mindful mm-hmm. of what you face as a pastor, mm-hmm. what you face as a husband, what you face as a daddy, yep. what you face as just being a, 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 a man. And he's mindful, and he will bless you. And he says, casting. I, I see so many people, when we talk about casting, I, I see them, they'll kind of pray and they'll kind of mention it, but you know when you pray, you're casting that prayer. You're, you're laying that burden on him. You, you're not picking it back up. Uh, one year where I used to pastor many years ago, we had uh, Bible school, had a number of young people saved, and uh, on Friday night, uh, after we they were saved on Thursday night, on Friday night, we came back, and I blew up these balloons, light blue balloons, and I gave them a Sharpie once we blew them up that they could write a prayer request on their balloon. And every one of them wrote a prayer request, just two or three words, whatever, and we tied a string to it so they could hold it. And wrote, they wrote on the Sharpie on the balloon, yeah. and they let them go. That's casting your care, mm-hmm. right? You, you're, you're, here's my prayer request, Lord. I'm giving it to you. You realize when we pray that the Holy Spirit lifts us and sets us down at the throne in heaven. Mm-hmm. So when you told your church it's just like he's there, mm-hmm. you are. Absolutely. I agree with that. Help him, Lord. <laughs> Give it to him. And there we are, unworthy to be in his presence. And yet he's motioned for us to come on in, and he listens to our request, knowing our request, knowing what we need, yeah. but wants us to call upon him <laughs> and to take our care, that which, mm. that which loads us, that which mm-hmm. troubles us, that which we cannot bear on our own. Watch the truth. We can't take it. <laughs> we take it and say, Lord... I will give this to you. Yeah. Amen. Because I can't do anything with it. I can't speak to it. I can't <laughs> overcome it. It's an obstacle in my life. And you just yeah. cast it on him. He's already paid the price for it. He's already got victory over it. He's already walking on the water on the storm. He's already defeated it. And I want to tell you something. The reason you can do that yeah. is because he cares for you. Amen. I'll never forget young pastor. That first time we let those balloons go, and about two to three weeks later, I went to go see this man. It was, he was a wicked man. It was dangerous to be there. Mm-hmm. And I was scared. I drove where the pavement ends and the dirt road ends and the pig trail stops and walked up the side of the bank up to his house, and there he was. He was on his tractor, and um, his tractor was just vibrating. I had my tie on. 
I waved at him. He motioned me to come on over there. God sent me. When I got there, he jumped off his tractor. And he said, hey, preacher, let's go up to the barn. Never been there before in my life. Let's go, let's go from the, we was at the barn. Let's go down towards the house. And um, I smelled his breath. He'd been drinking. I said, Lord, you sent me up here to see him. This man is drinking. God said, when I saved you, were you a sinner? Mm-hmm. Lord, I was, but I wasn't. His sin may not be your sin, but your sin is not his sin. I went up there with him, sat on the front porch. We talked about the azaleas and the boxwoods and the flowers and beautiful yard. The whole time I was looking for a shotgun or a knife or something because I thought he might try to hurt me. I was scared, not very courageous. And um, directly says, let's go in the house, preacher. Went in the house. I thought, oh, Lord, here it comes. He's going to take me in here and murder me. Went in the house and was talking. And I said, well, tell him a business. I've come to talk to you about your soul. And he says to me, he says, don't you come up in here talking to me like this. These hands has physically hurt somebody. I've got a steel up in these woods. I do wrong things all the time. Don't you come up in here telling me about Jesus wants to save me. I said, well, I'm just burdened about that because your granddaughter got saved at Bible school a couple weeks ago, and she's going to heaven now. And you just admitted you ain't going. And I want you to prepare for the day that you'll never see her again. Ooh, that made him mad. He said, how dare you, how dare you come here and tell me something like that. Right. He looked at his wife. He said, go get it. I thought, oh, Lord. That's about cross-eyed trying to watch her while I was trying to watch him. She went down the hall to a back bedroom, went in. She come back out. She's carrying something. I was looking. Is that a rifle? What is that? And laying in her hand. And uh, it was a blue balloon that was deflated. And she handed it to me, and it said, God save Papaw. Love the little girl's name. I said, where'd you get that? He said, you know exactly where I got it. I said, no, I don't. Where did you get it? He said, it was found on a boxwood in my front yard. Mm-hmm. Now, you know you've been here before, preacher. You laid that there. You planted that there. And I said, sir, your granddaughter got saved about two weeks ago in Bible school. And I, then we had a bunch of kids. I didn't read what everybody put on their balloon. But she let her balloon go. She wrote on her burden. She cast it on God. God's heard that because he cares for her. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to answer her prayer requests. Absolutely. He said, well, what's the chances of this balloon landing on the boxwoods in my front yard? I said, well, the wind was 100%. <laughs> God don't miss. That's right. God laid that there <clears throat> to show you how yeah. much she's praying for you. Absolutely. But as much as she's praying for you and wants to go to him with you, Jesus the more mm-hmm. because he took your sins, the steel, the, the hurt you brought in other people's life. He took those sins upon himself that you might be saved. And I've come up here to tell you that Jesus loves you and he wants to save you. Oh, man. 
And he said, Preacher, there ain't nobody going to come up in here and tell me this. He said, I'll have you to know when you got here, do you know what I was trying to do? I said, no, sir. He said, I was trying to kill myself. I've been living a miserable life. I thought I'd get that tractor to flip over on me. You're a mountain boy, Brother M. You know how easy it is to get a tractor to flip over on you? Yes, sir. Pretty easy. Yeah. He said, it wouldn't flip. I did everything. I couldn't get it to flip. And I looked up, and there stood the preacher. <laughs> and I thought, what about that? About the time of time I'm trying to take my life and trying to drink my life away, God sent a preacher up here. Mm -hmm. I said, because he cares for you. Yes, sir. He wants to save you. Mm -hmm. He wants to bless you. Buddy, he got down on his knees right there on his couch. He called on the Lord, and he got gloriously saved. I hugged him, and I said, uh, will you come to church Sunday? He said, do you think it'll help me? <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> I said well, it ain't going to hurt you. Absolutely. He said, I'd take a bullet for you, preacher. Mm. Ain't nobody ever had enough faith to come up in here and talk to me like this. I'll be there Sunday morning. You come to the church Sunday morning. Sit back in the back. Superintendents got up and read his scripture, and everybody went to Sunday school. And he said, "You know who that is back there? That's so and so." I said, "No, nah, it ain't him." I'm telling you, it is him. He's hurt people. He's trouble. I said, "That ain't him." The way I was seeing it, the old things has passed away. All things made new, and all things are made new. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, he got up in the service at eleven o'clock and told everybody how he got saved and. I took off running me a lap, and he grabbed me at the back door and slung me right around, and I landed right back <laughs> on my feet. The next Saturday, he called me on Saturday night. He said, Preacher, I said I'd get baptized tomorrow, and I can't do it. I said, Why not? He said, Preacher, I've been drunk every Saturday night. I can remember. And tonight, my whole flesh, you said I had a flesh to try to come against me. My whole flesh is trying to come back to go get drunk again. And I know I'm wrong now because I'm saved. That's how I know I'm wrong. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to pray. I prayed with him. And the Holy Ghost said, you go baptize him right now, Saturday night. I said, uh, could you meet me at the church, brother? He said, when? I said, about 30, 45 minutes. Could you meet me at the church? Sure. I said, bring an extra set of clothes. I'm going to baptize you. When you get baptized, you're going to be baptized Sunday. <laughs> He said, I just told you I was struggling about wanting to drink again. I said, you need to be baptized. Mm -hmm. We went to the church, met him. Said, I baptized him. Preached to him a little bit before I baptized him. <laughs> I won't tell you all night I said. It's always fitting. But I'm <laughs> Son, he come out of that water, and he sloshed more water on that. I mean, it was a baptistry, right? He sloshed water all over that choir. Sunday morning, some of them women that sat in the choir, they never could figure out how their dress got so wet. And they sat down because them seats were soaking wet. But it got him through. You know it got him through. Praise God. So I believe when we pray, mm -hmm. God will save souls. Amen. I believe when we pray, God will, God will hear our requests. And Brother Remington, I believe he will do exceeding abundantly mm -hmm. above. I believe it. All we can ask or think. I believe it. Yes, sir. And so when I come up here today, the Lord said, you tell him mm -hmm. that he can <laughs> trust me. <laughs> he can really cast all his cares on me. Because <laughs> I care for him. Praise God. 
I don't do stuff like this much, mm. and I'm not super spiritual. <laughs> I didn't have to do it on the podcast. I could have done it after. Absolutely. But the Lord said that's the way I want it done. Yeah. Praise and, uh, God. That's what's on my heart today. Mm. Brother Edmonton, I love you. Well, I love you, preacher. Proud to see your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. May it further. May it continue. Yes. May you continue to walk with him. Luke, you got anything that you want to say? I don't. Brother Rim, let's pray. Father. Oh, God. How I thank you for your Lord goodness. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Lord, thee. we're unworthy. God, we praise your, your name. Tender mercy. Lord, thank you for all the Lord, I ask your blessing. God, we ask. On our brother. Father, for this dear On church, his wife. God, on I his pray children, for Brother Darren. On his church. Miss Gina. God, Brother I Luke, pray you grow Miss Carrie. I pray you save sinners. Brother Brian. I pray God, God you call preachers. church here. Send missionaries. Lord, all God, the young preachers here. Grow oh, and work great and bless God, I way. pray thy will would be done. Lord, I thank you. Lord, you do it. For all that you do God, for us. You may be we glorified. ask God you'd bless them. Yes, God, we sign. agree. Oh, you'd bless them at Mount Victory. God, God you'd bless way. every meeting that's oh, upcoming. Oh, do it, Lord. God, you know the need in God, this hour. you do. We ask and your Father, blessing. you're well able. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Luke. Thank you for tuning in to the Back to Bethel podcast with Dr. Darren Waldrop and Brother Remington Austin. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also shop the Bethel merch store at BethelBaptistUSA.com slash store.